Episode 33, as always, joined by Spotting Panda. How are you doing, man? Hello. What a week. What a week we've It feels had. like a year ago that we did the last When was it? Podcast. Wednesday or Thursday, all the books launched? It feels like three years ago that we had the dividend increase, which was on the 26th of August. It's not been long. It's not been long. And it's been, it's a, it's been, been, been a particularly tough week here. I'd like to apologise to you live on air and the fans for not being part of the show on Monday. I know I was penciled in for the emergency podcast but unfortunately my uh, my son hasn't been well and i um yeah sleep's been quite tricky here so i'm back on a thursday but monday i couldn't make it and i was quite gutted because i wanted to have a good chat with uh dunwell yeah you know i like <laughs> his voice and i had the pleasure last thursday in the early hours of chatting to him yeah because he's quite a night owl as well yeah i mean i, I don't think he's um He's always been like that. Maybe he can correct me, but I think F.I. is probably doing that thing, isn't it? <laughs> I think it might be family. Co- I don't know how much. You can- I think it may be family commitment. He does have a baby, though, as well. Oh, if that's open knowledge, then yes, he does. Yeah. He so does. He was he... up doing some night feeds. And obviously I'm up with child. I think he said night. that on the podcast. I hope. Yeah, I hope. I hope I haven't given too much away. But yeah, we had a good we had a good chat last Thursday and I was looking forward to talking to him on Monday to talk about Black Sunday and what have you. But no, I just couldn't mm. make it. So um, so sorry about that. Here we are, though. And, Here we are. Um, what, what have you been up to since last Thursday? Like, it apart from like so apart from ago. losing, you know, tens of thousands of pounds well, um, on paper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did what did someone call it earlier? It's it's a it's a, a visual glitch. glitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's a visual inconvenience. That's a, <laughs> that's how I'd label it. Yeah, it's a visual. It kind of is though. Ah, listen, we're going to get into this. I mean, yeah, it it, it, it is it it is and it isn't, but. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean, I look Black Sunday, 15 years of gambling. And I think I said this to you just before we started recording. I have never seen so much dumb money transfer to smart money as I witnessed on Sunday night. And look, I, I tweeted it. I've, I've got huge sympathy um, for a lot of the traders out there that were panic selling. And I just haven't seen that amount of money just change hands and, and go to you know, well, I call it smart money and it maybe is a touch harsh, but, you know, I've spoken before about operating on Betfair and I like to operate at the end of sporting events where there is real volatility, whether that be a T20 run chase, whether that be a tennis match, whether that be when a tennis player gets injured. And when I say tennis match, I mean late fifth set tie breaks or or break points in the third set when that point is so decisive. And I find when there's huge volatility human emotions are kind of ramped up and often there will be irrational market prices. And if you're calm and you've got data and you've got a lot of experience, you know, it can be quite easy to pick off the trades at that point. Um, I remember actually, I remember a famous cricket match in the IPL. This is for Mark, if he's listening, this is weird to actually reference him, but I remember um, the Royal Challengers Bangalore, AB de Villiers, they, they needed 50 off of, I think, 18 balls. And this was against Deccan and, you know, huge swings in odds with every six that AB de Villiers was hitting. And the market was just so jumpy and irrational. And we used to have that in cricket markets when Duckworth Lewis come in. So when there used to be rain on, um, on shortened formed cricket matches, um, if you go off with rain and never come back on, there's quite a complicated calculation to decide if you pause at this point, who's ahead in the game. And um, anyway, th- that's actually besides the point. But point being, Sunday night, I had a lot of sympathy for um, for those people chucking those shares away. And it was real fear that gripped the market. And, um, you know, as I say, 
there's lots to discuss. There's lots of ways to look at what happened Sunday. There's lots of, um, you know, I think ex- people trying to explain it, mechanical tweaks, which we can talk about. I mean, maybe this sounds harsh to you, Fig, but there's a phrase that I used. And I was always concerned that, you know, if you give this community full order books, um, it's a bit like giving chimps a glass vase, you know, in the sense that it's going to be broken. And that sounds a funny that is harsh, and yeah. that is harsh and I, I don't really i don't necessarily mean it but uh, we're in a position where for me there's a slight product identity uh issue we're not at a level where the product is very sophisticated it's got all the bells and whistles on it um there's there's huge amounts of liquidity and you've got you know customizable options for your trading but equally it's too complicated, not too complicated. That's the wrong word. But for some, this will be too complex um, for them. You know, your recreational gambler who wants to throw their money in. And we've created this trading environment where we've got quite an immature market. I think 10 or 15% of the community, you know, aren't interested in order books, don't want to necessarily learn them. And we've given them full reign and full control. And, and that's backfired. And you know, look, I didn't see this type of crash coming. If I did, I'd have sold up two or three weeks ago and I could have bought back a lot lower. Um, but I didn't see it coming to this extent because I didn't think the mechanics would necessarily be introduced like this. And we know liquidity is a problem, but I also think there's a piece on education and there's a piece on mechanics, which, which we can touch upon, uh, you know, through this podcast and probably what some of the questions are on that. Like in life, I don't believe things are as easy, you know, things aren't often black and white. There isn't often just one obvious solution and one, you know, one right path and one wrong path. I, d- I don't believe that. I think it's a multifaceted approach and a suite of solutions is needed to get this back on track. You know, there's a lot of liquidity guys out there that, that are banging the drum on that. And I, and I know that's there. And that's the reason that I was so heavy on Sancho, because I believed when Sancho was going to arrive at Manchester United, a lot of money would fly out of Trent and Mbappe. Because as people in that moment rush to get Sancho, they sell off potentially other high-priced assets. So I know liquidity is fairly thin, um, but there are other solutions which I think need to need to come at the same time but it was a horrible day and um yeah Sunday was was a dark day yeah get, get run me through your before we go into some of the, the solutions and, and just discussing kind of how maybe not black and white it is but wh- why don't mm. you give me some of your thoughts you know you're sitting there Sunday you've probably yeah. just woken up at 10 p.m haven't yeah, you yeah yeah um I woke get ready for breakfast <laughs> Well, listen, it's a funny story because, you know, so Saturday, my weekend started quite positively. I was in the pub, wasn't I? And I sent you a photo of quite a few notes. So I was with uh, a Betfair trader who was going to deposit quite a lot of money into the platform. And I was, I had a, a sheet, I had a three, four, two, one. I had the Dortmund formation up. I had a list of players and I was kind of introducing them to the nuances of the platform and, and how things work. And Gabriel, so I was in the pub Saturday doing that. I sent you that photo Gabriel scored and flew up to £1.60 and I released maybe an ill-time tweet that, you know, the market's really flying now. And I was very excited to see the rise in Gabriel. Um, and I was like, you know, we're away here. Now, Saturday evening, the first alarm bells rung for me. So when we had Trent playing, um, Trent's out of form, I understand that. And there's an element of set-piece loss with, with Robertson. But for Trent to drop from, you know, £10.70 Saturday lunch, to what was it nine pounds 60 after one 90 minute match 
that that wasn't quite right to me. And that showed, I think, the knee-jerk reaction of this community. And it took me back, Fig, to when Bruno Fernandes made his debut. There was an awful lot of stupid comments talking about that he wasn't worth £4 at Manchester United. How could he sustain that price? They played Wolves. I think it was Wolves at Old Trafford. I think he had a really decent debut, released a couple of shots from the edge of the box, looked to to get onto attacks, and he looked okay to me. And if people go back to listen to Figcast episode one or two, I was very confident that he was at least worth £6 plus. And I was encouraged by that debut, but he got sold off massively. You know, and this is an element of the community we're dealing with. I'm not saying it's wrong, but there just is some knee-jerk traders out there, and they've got every right to be, but... That, that it reminded me so much of that and you're giving a lot of power and control to that section of the community because you're making it obviously um 300 shares to drop a price you've got no time zones on how quickly the the, the bid zones can be burnt through so you can have two or three traders competing almost like a race to get out and undercutting each other and prices can drop very quickly um we'll, we'll come back to that sorry you asked me a question about how the weekend unfolded so trent was an alarm bell for me on Saturday. I thought that was an over-the-top drop considering it's a three-year bet and he had one bad 90 minutes and he played pretty poorly against uh, for England. He doesn't look right to me. So that drop didn't make sense on a three-year bet. And then Sunday we went into it and we had the Neymar red card and I woke up quite late, hungover Saturday, Sunday afternoon, not about three, four o'clock, I think it was maybe. Um, NFL was on. I saw the Neymar red card and there was so much money into Neymar and these PSG players because of the five times IPD. All of that just flooded out. It was a race to get out. Um, And it was a similar situation to the Trent drop the night before. And I really think fear started to build up then. And, you know, I'm looking at my pool and I'm thinking, well, here we go. 5,000 down, 10,000 down, 15,000 down, 20,000 down. And, I've got other jobs to do. I'm, you know, I'm watching the NFL. I'm doing a bit of trading on that, um, you know, family commitments and what have you. And it just keeps going. And I made the mistake of topping up Sancho at £13.30, I think it was. So I blew my load a little bit too early. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wow, £13.20, this is a bargain. You know, people were buying this guy at £15.10 only a few days ago. Messi was going to £8 only three weeks ago with his move to Man City at 33 years old. So I can't quite believe these prices I'm seeing. And, I, and you know, people might be shouting out now to the podcast, liquidity, Adam, you're not encounter liquidity, but that, we'll come back to that later. But so anyway, so I, I shoot my load too early. I don't have huge ammunition. Um, and then they just keep going. And I'm watching 10, 20, 30, you know, a lot of money being wiped off. And in the end, at the peak of Sunday night, I was probably about £170,000 down, which is a huge amount of money for anyone. And look, I understand the reason for it. I understand the mechanics. I've got no football index. I think it's really important that people think about the business. When a run on the market occurred in March at the start of COVID, money was coming out of football index's pocket and off their balance sheet because people were cashing out bets and money was leaving the platform. On Sunday, it looked to me like the majority of it. Number one, there wasn't huge amounts of transactions. Which no, I think that's one of the things that people really need to um, hammer home. I for- I keep forgetting the name of the guy who's Slasher McGurk. Slasher, who's got that pretty amazing looking spreadsheet. I don't know how. Yeah, he does it. Um, I'd love him to awesome. reach out to me because I don't quite know how he's getting it. 
Um, but I think uh, PMK, uh, TW from the Discord, those two boys, yes, alongside yes. SOTD and yep. a couple others on Twitter, kind of looked at those numbers and went, well, actually, hang on a minute, only about 13,000 Sancho shares were sold or something like that. And I looked at that and I was like, that's crazy because it's even fewer transactions that I predicted. Because I, I remember, Panda, you know, you can remember uh, probably as clear as day, I I was very late on the scene. Um, I had, you know, prior commitments. We were doing this um, fake Warzone tournament. We, you know, shout out to all the guys there. We, we raised over £100 for charity, which was which was pretty awesome. Um, and I basically, you know, had my phone on Do Not Disturb. I had people WhatsApping me. That's when I know something's going wrong. When I have people like that I know through FI, who, who I know very well, who I've met regularly, you know, the likes of yourselves and uh, Showpony, et cetera, messaging me being like, have you seen what's going on? someone's just sold Sancho for like nine quid or whatever. And I, and I looked at my phone and I was like, what, what's actually going on here? Um, because I think maybe we were all naive in thinking that we were only going to see upward pressure in prices because of the amazing yields on offer. And the yields are f- fucking phenomenal. Like, let's not... We've got, and I keep saying this, Gareth Bale, who's 31, who hasn't played football for like 18 months um, properly. He's been golfing out in Spain, whose attitude's been questioned, who uh, is going to be 32 in July next year with you know horrendous injury problems um we don't know what we're going to get he could, he could be the best player in the premier league this season who knows right but we, we you're looking at an asset like that and he's at 3 uh, like nearly 3 pounds on these payouts and i'm kind of looking at it like hmm could be overpriced but he could he could, he could i don't make, think he, i don't but, think but, he is uh, hold on though but like, sorry yeah yeah he, he he could he could return like a pounds worth of media this season if he played really well like that's the gamble people are taking, but it's because the yields are so massive. And it is interesting to me that like some of the downward pressure is happening on certain players, but I've got players in my portfolio that even if I look back on Sunday night, haven't really moved more than in a range of five to 10%, which to me doesn't, isn't, isn't massive volatility. I'm not worried about a player going up or down 5% too much, but when you're looking at 2025s, blah, 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 but like bring it back to the point that I was making earlier, we were having this, chat on the phone and i was like i think what's happening here is people think that loads of players are being sold yes and they're taking their money out of the platform and granted there are people that have sold up absolutely since sunday night and now you can kind of have a look at the trust pilot reviews to see um certain people who have literally sold up and given fif one star review and i mean you know if, if you love this platform by all means go out and, and give fi a, a good review on, we on trust be. pilot which, which you should be you know if you've got a lot of money in this thing and and, and you do well, enjoy it you love the product if you enjoy but, it and you enjoy the concept but anyway yeah but, but anyway like and i said to you like i really think people are going to be shocked by how few um but if you have, have your transactions are actually happening here to reduce the price of a player from £15 down to basically what was £10, Twelve. £9 at the end of the night. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I think those numbers have proved what I said was right. But it was, Yeah, there wasn't a lot of transactions to, to, to bring it down. And, I was having um, conversations with people in the Discord and I said to them, I bet you it's about 20 times fewer transactions than you think. Right. Mm-hmm. And then later in the night, I said, I actually think it's about five times fewer than what I initially thought. So I literally, yeah, yeah. in the end, I think there was about a hundred to one difference in ratio between what was actually being sold or, you know, 20, 50, 100, whatever, to, mm. you know, what people thought was being sold, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, definitely. And and to circle back to, to what I was saying before that, and I'm pleased you jumped in there because that that's exactly right. Um, at the start of COVID, when, you were, when people were mashing instant sell, when Rogani got COVID, and say, that was coming off of FI's balance sheet. Football index turn up on Monday morning 
on one hand, they've got brand damage, they've got angry customers. That's shit. That's not good. You know, I don't think they probably foresaw, foresaw this coming. But on the other hand, they have made huge amounts of commission because we're buying and selling from each other. No cash has left their business. They've probably had a record night of commission. And if they've gone in and performed some market making on Monday, they were issuing Sancho bets at £15 recently. They've probably been buying them back for £12 over the last couple of days. You know, that's a net £3 profit there on each share. And they're reducing their long-term liability on Sancho. So from a, from a, from a business perspective, from a pure X's and O's, you know, P&L balance sheet perspective, I think they're in rude health. But from a brand perspective and from trust and from people looking at their ports and looking at these numbers and not understanding it, um, that that's the concern I've got. People have built their profits up over two years and growing this seedling into this, you know, wonderful oak tree. And now you've got some madman who's running around with the most pessimistic view on a player and a few of them racing to get out. And they're seeing two years of profits visually wiped off of their screens and to me, that's not a fair reflection. If you said that this market cap was staying at 140 million over the next three years, then fine, that's another question altogether. But I believe that we're going to see growth there and liquidity is going to improve. So for people to see that profit wiped out and for Football Index not to understand the mental toll it, it would have put onto people, you know, that's what I feel sad about. Um, I can sit there and understand the business inside out, understand the mechanics, understand what's happening in front of my eyes and try and pick up some low bids. But, you know, it's all well and good one person doing it. But, you know, what about 10% of the Facebook group or 20% of Twitter or, you know, and, and that's the damage that could have potentially been avoided with hopefully some things that we'll discuss an air later. And, I, you know, I'd like to hear, I've been reading the community this week around around tools and tricks. And I'm sure Football Index are working in, in the background. But to me, it's a little bit too late because... They would have lost a lot of, um, a few, well, not a lot, but a few customers Sunday night. And, and look, Uncle Richard was actually meant to come and visit me Sunday. And this is so fun. And um, cancelled it because of uh, some illness. And anyway, to look, cut a long story short, you know, he's probably a good example of someone that maybe doesn't, this sounds a bit harsh, but doesn't understand all the books fully and maybe hasn't wanted to embrace it fully. And, there's a lot of customers like that. And if we want this to go mainstream, I think there should have been a better job in terms of education, in terms of understanding how the mechanics are going to move prices, what people are seeing in front of their screen. Um, I mean, I was just about to say that, right? Like how much of what happened on Sunday night do you blame Football Index for? Well, this is, yeah. Um, I think that's the golden question because... That is such I, a good question. Did you, I, ask I, the, did you ask the guys on Monday that question? uh i i mean inadvertently we, we talked about kind of like some of the things they did wrong of course mm, but I, I don't know mm. if i asked it and phrased okay. it like that no, that's a really good question I, I think you know it's it's a strange one for me because i look at what's happening now and i do wonder if they let this play out by all means at six o'clock today there could be an announcement in the middle of our recording or t tomorrow um when i release a video they might have uh you know um announced something who knows uh we all know that they haven't posted on social media for the last 24 hours i think that's because of the, the barrage of abuse they were getting um in the comments but you know like is it the is it what they've done or is it the communications behind what's been done that is the bigger issue? Do you think, you know, mechanically it is more broken than actually the educational and communication sides of things? 
Or is it a bit of both? Probably would say it's a little bit of both. Um, just thinking back, I mean, 50%, you know, I, I think there's some data out there and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, that in the past, 50% of sales were market sales. This is in the old system. 50% were instant sales. Instant sales. And I've always been an advocate of instant selling. There are definitely times to, to utilize that. But instant sell to me suggests panic. And, you know, we, I spoke to you, we, well, I referenced it at the start of this podcast. We spoke about Bruno's debut against Wolves and the huge drop. This is quite a knee-jerk, twitchy community. It's quite an immature market. And I do think there needs to be some blame put at the feet of Football Index for their lack of education on this launch and for some of the mechanics in how quickly we could burn through you know, the, the bid zones uh, or the offer zones rather, you know, how quickly they could be burnt through not having circuit breakers because this, this isn't really a free market. I mean, that's why I've always been confused on this podcast. And I got a bit of stick for talking about order books before, rightfully so from, from PB man when, it, when he appeared on your show, but we've got a sports book, like a classical Betfair sports book sort of muddled in and 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 merged with a Betfair exchange. And usually they're on two different platforms. So you've got this marketplace in front of you where FI as a bookmaker are taking bets as a sports book, fixed odds bets. So for example, Sancho is 15 pounds. Every penny above that, they have a mini wall of 600 shares to issue at every price point. So you have to buy 600 shares to move Sancho's price up from his all-time high up every penny. And Football Index take that as a bet placed. So you've got that on the way up. We've got nothing on the way down because there is a lack of market makers and liquidity there at the moment. And so things, when they start to drop, knowing the community as it is and empowering such a minority of it, you can very quickly have that snowball effect and fear can grip. And that's, I think, what we saw Sunday night. There are some theories of market manipulation and we'll see what the investigation, you know, uh, results. Personally, I don't think it was market manipulation because I've seen this pattern of traders before um, where I regret, you know, what I regret, Fig, and I don't know if you do too. On Betfair, I like to listen to talk sport. I like to read forums. I like to think how the layman thinks and how potentially Larry and Dave at the pub think about a sporting event because I operate on quite a contrary trading approach. On Football Index, I don't actually do that, but I do read Facebook, certain trader Facebook groups. And, you know, I do think some of the statements are incredibly dumb and naive in what I read. And I do like to think of myself slightly in tune with the community, but I wasn't in tune enough to see how twitchy and panicky they were. To go back to your question, I think Football Index should know their customer base more and they they should have probably seen this coming. And I'm but could, they, could they not have predicted from a mechanical standpoint in how this kind of most pessimistic seller setting the buy price yeah. could breed fear and could Absolutely. Sure, yeah, that's surely what... as a company you yes, yes. you you yeah, test that... this, you hypothesize, you do some research. Yeah. I think one of the questions we've got is about the um the, tr- the trader panel right like it's yeah it was a funny one it was um about like oh are they going to be brought in now is it going to be like avengers assembled to save us again um <laughs> and, and and you know we'll ask that in the questions but yeah i'm not saying that's what f5 should have done but like they did some due diligence and, and research into what they thought about media and they got some user inputs on the media side of things i don't really understand why they didn't field more I- kind of you know research-based no. stuff around no. and no. orders and orders because no. 
the the like I don't think that many people are panicking about media right media changing because the the reason being is we're going from a very broken system there to a fixed one. So if FI took on no research whatsoever and somehow brought us a system which is a one out of ten, not a two out of ten, then we could give them bollocking. But the odds of that happening are very, very unlikely. Whereas if you think about what's happened with cell orders, we went from, okay, not a perfect system, but a system that kind of was working in the interim until we got to kind of what is seen as the Holy Grail with NASDAQ. Surely FI should know that that is a bigger change and that actually they should consult that they, they use a base a bit more. Uh, but more so the worry for me is like, how could you not see or foresee that having not that much liquidity in the market, but also having the kind of back-to-back offer zones where, you know, I could that, drop that, a player from one that, pound to 925 to and then it, and then yeah. 925 to 850, et cetera. And then the yeah. 300 thing, yeah. like, and, 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 and the bid and, zones moving uh, across but, the offer zones. It's like, look, I don't know. It's, it's, there's uh, a lot of intellectual people out in the community that didn't see this coming. Yes. And well, look, num- I'm not intellectual by the way, but number one, <laughs> I didn't see it coming and I feel bad for that. But you know, there are a lot of people out there that, talk about um you know there's absolutely no names that come to mind really but you know they talk about financial modeling books to read psychology you've just got to get used to revaluing your pool um you know don't panic you know i was guilty of saying that it just, but if you understand the customer base you know and and we're not in a position we don't have the metrics and the kpis and all the management information packs that football index have got surely they they would know their customer base and all it takes is 10 to 20 percent of people that don't understand the platform correctly, um, that fear things are going to drop to zero, that don't understand the business. And you have this situation uh, where fear and panic sets in that creates a market downturn. And that's where we are at the moment. And it's all well and good telling people to get used to market volatility. Prices don't tick up and down a penny. Um, But, you know, to me, it's too volatile and it's too irrational at the moment. Um, I love irrational markets. That's where you find your value. You know, I I bang on about that a lot, but I just think it's too much too quick. Um, And that's why I expected time to the delays between bid zones being changed, potential circuit breakers, you know, well, we'll we'll come on to that in a bit, but you know, so, so so what your original question, I guess, was how much do I blame FI? They have to take some, a portion of it. I I think the community haven't helped themselves. And, um, but that, that is what it is really, you know, should that, why should they? I guess people can trade how they want to trade. So it's all been a bit of a mess. And um, yeah, you're getting a very pessimistic price on your screen. You know, it's like if I sell my car on the, on the front drive, if I need that cash urgently because I've got a life-changing operation to go tonight, I might sell it for £10,000. But if every other car in the country is worth £40,000, then you know what's the value of it? And we're seeing a race to the exit and a very pe- pessimistic price point. Um, but, you know, anyway, so... Yeah, it was a crazy weekend. Have you had lots of DMs about all this? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was joking to you uh, before we went live that I was surprised people didn't start hammering my personal Twitter as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. Um, yeah, it was mad. I mean, like, I obviously had to take some time to digest it. It was like eleven by the time I eleven thirty by the time I kind of got properly got online. And I remember just sitting on my bed on my laptop reading. Or just looking at what happened to the market, and I was like, okay. Um, and I was actually quite—I was saying to you this on the phone on on, on you know Sunday night. I was like, yeah. I'm emotionally quite unmoved. I was like, quite thinking logically. I yeah, was looking at the prices yeah. on screen, and I was like, 
looking at the dividends on offer and I was like, at some point, something's got to budge, right? Like FI either fail as a company or these prices go up because the dividend yields are so good. And I knew where my chips were, right? Like I I knew which horse I'm betting on in that kind of race. Um, you know, we're talking about number two in the times. Uh, what was well, it? that's the thing. Tech the growth. second... Exactly yeah, behind uh, revenue, three hundred percent increase revenue yeah. in profit. Talking yeah, about exactly. The Nasdaq not deal. G- like I know who I'm betting on in that race, but absolutely. I mean, if it, if it stayed like this for three or four years, then I think you can question the financial sort of <laughs> state of the company. But not this. Qu- no, exactly. I'm, yeah, and I, right. and I think like it's. I, I remember being in the Discord first and foremost because that's where like a lot of my messages were. Yeah. Um, and it's it's you know people that I speak to every day, right? And I just kind of remember just looking at it and I saw a lot of emotion you know this is not picking on anyone in there or on Twitter or on Facebook but like what I what I looked at first glance was there is a lot of emotional reaction here and that's totally understandable when you see loss because not everyone is panda right where you you lose two grand on a bet fair trade and you're like well I'm not going to lose sleep over that right but there are people who aren't professional gamblers there are people who aren't loose to losing and they've, they've yeah. seen this and they've reacted in a way which is completely natural and human but you know what i can, what, how i can empathize is that if i was invested on 212 because you know i've spoke about this before my equities knowledge although former accountant and bits and pieces and i've got a little <laughs> bit of knowledge my um yeah my my equities awareness is very limited so if i was to buy a selection of stocks if they were to start dropping panic would set in and I'm pretty sure I would sell and not even think about whether they were going to bounce back. Cause I'd have no idea what the fair price was, what the debt the company had taken on, you know, what its revenue streams were looking like, who its competitors in the market, how competent was its management. I wouldn't know or have any of this knowledge. So once fear set in and my two, one, two portfolio started dropping, I would just cash my chips in and run away. And, um, that that's, so that's why I have complete sympathy for, for the reaction and the emotional reaction to what we saw Sunday night. I'd tell you another thing, Fig, you know, when players used to get listed and drop 20p in a flash, sometimes I was criticised for being a large holder, that it was me, and obviously it wasn't, but people said it was very bad for someone to have so much control and is it collusion, let's throw them off. And it's just funny now that you can have literally 10 or 15 traders and they can drop someone as much as they want. (laughs) You know, people never liked the flash crashes in the past and they'd try and throw us off, but now we've got a system where... Yeah, lunatics running the asylum, you may argue. Well, maybe that's a bit harsh. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, one of the things I wanted to ask you before we talk about kind of potential fixes and then go into questions, this might be a longer yeah, show than usual. Uh, you know, soon in-play dividends is going to stop. We're going to have 2% commissions on bids. Yep. Yep. Do, do you see any of that affecting the market positively or negatively? <sighs> I, I see it affecting it positively, positively, but I don't know if it's that, alone is enough to turn this around at the moment because there is quite a bit of downwards pressure there not huge amounts you know if i sold the statue on the front drive i could probably burn through the sales offers on sancho and get back up to 15 pound 20 but i don't think there's huge amounts of shares there but i don't think the bid commission um alone it's it's going to help but it's not going to be enough ipds you know i strongly disagreed with asp there and um, it's a shame i never got to talk to him I'm not sure IPDs are ideal in this climate because they they breed huge volatility in themselves. Um, So I'm not sure having that elastic nature of bet is a good thing at the moment. Um, 
but we'll see. Um, but yeah, so so I think that that will help when IPDs drop off. Although I know he was champion for it, but you know I, I don't think it's a great thing. But obviously I, he's not here, so we can't debate it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was quite interesting what you said. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Two two percent comms and play dividends. I, I don't know what what yeah. happened there. It's um it's interesting to think about. Um, I, I, I just think, don't you think that we need there needs to be serious consideration at a FIHQ around whether we can clamp the market down a little bit more and not have so much volatility because I'm getting a lot of DMs and talking to a lot of people and they're not comfortable with this volatility and they don't think it's fun. Um, and I wonder, I mean, look, we, we spoke to someone this week, didn't we, about potential mechanisms and options. And, you know, you, you, you were saying if you've got a £10 player, right, let's say we've got a bid and offer zone, which ranges from £9 to £11. So it's it flanks £1 either side of a £10 player. £11 for simplicity is the all-time high. And we have 600 shares, little tranches of those from £11, 01, 02, 03, 04. So once you get to the all-time high at 11, things move up a penny at a time as you burn through those 600 shares. On the way down, we don't have anything. So it's a fairly lopsided market. I wonder if FI can not go back to the former system, but I wonder if it would be beneficial to have 600 FI shares at each point below £9. And whenever 600 shares is exchanged, the bid zone and offer zone slide down by a penny. Those shares are taken out of circulation and therefore the liability is reduced. And then you bring the all-time high down. So rather than £11, as we previously discussed, it turns into £10.99 and they start minting at that share price. Because I think with this market cap, you can't rely on commission alone and they need to get back to minting shares. Yeah, I think... um something like that makes sense but do you let me give you the contrarian take on that do you not think that that's a um like a backward step from an order book standpoint is it a step back from order books i think it's necessary you know how i see this is putting stabilizers on a bike i've always i've always championed in the background you're not championed but i've discussed with you know everyone i talked to 250 million was a rough number i had in mind to, to have full order books and launch that with a maturer market and thicker market. And so when you're launching it at 140, I'm not sure you can go into this free market and, and this, this, this volatile state, 300 moving a price point, no buffers on bid zones and things can just go down pretty quickly. So I think you need to put things into place to clamp it down a bit and offer some stability whilst it thickens up. And I think getting back to a former system where things slide up, you know, you've got bids and offers and creativity within that window, but things either side of it can move up and down a penny. The key question is with that, which I've suggested to you and, and what someone else actually come up with. I'm not taking credit for that. Um, do, is the cash flow there to do that? And, and that's a risk. And that's obviously what, what Football Index, I don't know the answer to that because you're kind of backing every player, underpinning them on the market again, aren't you, to produce stability? And it is a step back from full order books. But I think it is, and, and then you know the complications behind that are like uh, you know um, financially from an accountancy standpoint. Have FI now set themselves up for this order book system? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you see what I mean, though. It is it is lopsided in that way. 
And so to clamp it down potentially for FI to offer some liquidity on the way down, and then you, you move that bid and offer zone up and down, you take their shares out of circulation. It's an interesting concept. It's an interesting concept. I think the thing is, right, about this right now, the situation that we're in, is we are um, in a situation where I don't think one thing remedies it. And I think you mentioned no, it earlier being black we, and white. No, we did. It's a combination of liquidity, some mechanical hitches, um, the circuit breaker side of things, uh, comms, training. I think all of those things together. And then you start yeah. looking at, um, you know, what it what it could be um and well, what, then there's there's the question of nasdaq what does that look like etc well i have to th- I'd, look, i have to throw my toys out the pram here what the hell have nasdaq been doing i mean were they not discussing the implementation of this were they not looking into trading trends um you know stopping market market manipulation i don't think it was that you know was there was there nothing were they not working with them to kind of get this launch correct? I mean, they've been working on all, all the books for a year and a half. And look, it's a pretty sad state of affairs so far. Um, Lee Butler, you know, who we talked to, his suggestion as well was quite intelligent, I thought. If we're thinking about this £10 player again, um, and you've got a bid and offer zone between 9 and 11. So again, £1 either side of your £10 asset. At the moment, you've got one guy who can be watching a football match, you know, had a few cans of beer, sees Neymar get a red card. He could try and sling him out the door at £9.30. As soon as £9.30 appears on your screen, the next guy can come in and can actually put um, an offer, a sales offer in below £9 because the, the, the zones keep moving down almost instantaneously. And so things can get out of control quite quickly. I wonder if there should be a mechanism and that's what he discussed. I think it's a great idea where let's say, I don't know, 20% of all open sales offers have to be in the bottom 2% of the zone to move it down. So in that example, you know, you'd need 2% or 10%. I don't know what the numbers are. If I should be able to model it, but you need a certain percentage of open sales offers to be between nine pounds and nine pounds, 15, say to move that zone down. It shouldn't be enough just to keep moving it down every new sales offer that comes in. In the long run, fine, we can open it up, we can stretch it, we can have it far freer. But with this client base and customer base, it feels like we're running before we can walk. And without the the requisite education, it's going to lead to a lot of people getting emotional, losing money, getting impatient, not understanding what's going on. And if we want this to get mainstream... um, you know, we need everybody. And I think a lot of a lot of ants make something quite mighty. I think that's the shit phrase, actually. Now you want to cut that out. I'll get stick for that one. But like many ants are mighty together. Look what they can lift. And it's all well and good. Us pseudo intellectuals, again, not me, but us, you know, <laughs> large portfolio people, people that can trade in the city. You know, yeah, we'll just attract all these super traders, these bet farewells. So one, one of the things I we're not ready for it yet. So why may, are we chopping may, off the... Maybe not. It was it was interesting though. I had some messages from people who are of that kind of ilk that you described, and yeah, I mean, it I wasn't one of panic. It was just like, why don't FI have circuit breakers? <laughs> Do you know what yeah, I mean? It was very yeah. much like they're well, used to this kind of thing, but it wasn't like a you know, the, I don't know. The, the, the best threads I've seen this week. If people want to go and look them up, although they've got so many likes and retweets, um, you've probably seen them anyway. I thought the the, the thread from the FI lawyer, a short thread was quite useful. He was discussing FI with a senior city stockbroker. 
Um, and he said he couldn't literally believe it when he said a single seller who lists 300 shares at a low price could drop a share price by more than 20%. You know, you've got one guy there that's had a few cans of beer, and this is slightly tongue-in-cheek, but he sees the red card in Neymar, he slings in a low offer, and that's affecting my portfolio by about £40,000. You know, that's quite extreme. Um, he also says, the FI lawyer, he was appalled that there is no uh, transparency on market depth. You know, that would be interesting to add, wouldn't it? Without any depth, it's kind of the blind leading the blind. Although I thought we'd actually get through that initially, but uh, there's something there to obviously debate. Um, and then he said, yeah, full transparency on market depth, circuit breakers, uh, increased quantity of shares used to determine buy price. I don't agree with that, actually. A tighter offer zone, potentially, but I don't think that'll fix it. But, you know, so I think to cut a long story short, I think the big things are having some walls up and having some resistance on the way down. And also slowing, slowing how quickly we can burn through those zones on the way down. It, it was it's weird, but wasn't it? We're without sell orders, right? Sorry to interrupt, but like, yeah, sorry, no, no, sorry, I'm we, we were in a position where I kept saying, I find it weird how prices don't really move down as correctly as they should. Yes, and now F five kind of on its head, where they don't move up as correctly. as Well, they should. with look, as Ugh. Perry said, we've empowered the sale side. Yes, so you know, naturally, you know, maybe too much. Yeah, potentially, yeah. Um, but it, it, what I would stress is it's a market cycle and there are absolutely things that can be brought in which rectify it. And so, as someone said earlier, I'm for not a second um, talking down any of these losses we see on screen, but it's a visual glitch or inconvenience <laughs> and it doesn't worry me too much. And look, it's huge value on offer. I mean, these yields and these bets people are throwing out are incredible. So, you know, arguably I shouldn't be complaining, but I feel bad around the brand damage and around some people that have built something up that visually has all disappeared very quickly. Mm. Mm. But is it time? Is it time for questions? Yes, I guess so. Just I before, so. just before you do that, I need to, I need to do one thing. Really appreciate all the support recently. YouTube video, I think it set set records, set the world right. Um, it had like. 5,000 views and a gajillion likes and, and loads of people found it helpful. So thanks everyone for share, sharing that and appreciate all the, the support, uh, people tuned into the live stream, all the people. Was he, was he good done well, our friend yeah, on Monday? Yeah, he's always good, oh, isn't I he? I bet he was. Always yeah, good. Yeah, I bet he was um, a smooth operator. I'm asking for something back though. I'm asking people to right. go and do my survey. They so, should. And, and this is, this is to help make the fig content better and actually you've had yes. a few shout outs good and bad in the survey responses actually um, have i what do you yeah. mean bad well some some people have just been like i just think it's his dick really cheek <laughs> you've not shown me those reviews before <laughs> but they're not okay. reviews they're they're surveys oh, oh right so there's okay. been hundreds Sorry. of people that have filled them out already but <laughs> if you go over to bit so bit.ly <laughs> forward slash fig survey do that survey for me and you'll be in with a chance to win a 25 pound amazon voucher Maybe even a shout out from Panda as well, if you were kind to him in the in the answers. But there were some people who were like, "Yeah, my favourite bit of content is the Panda cast," and I was like, "Doesn't surprise me." I just wiped him from the list. I was like, "He's not winning <laughs> yeah, the answers." Yeah. He's not the answers <laughs> about you. No, yeah, chance. just com- just completely. Uh, See yeah, you later. Um, yeah. Other thing I need to mention: Patreon, patreon.com forward slash fi guide. There is now over eighty people in the Fig Patreon, which I find amazing. You know, in times of trouble, where do you turn to, Panda? The Patreon. <laughs> I was listening there and I was just, my instant reaction whenever you put me on the spot is Patreon, plug the Patreon. 
<laughs> well, do go check it out. Patreon.com yeah. forward slash FI Guide. P A T I O N dot com forward slash FI Guide. I feel bad now. Oh, sorry, I don't be there. Read it out again. No, 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 you're good. You're no, good. We're fine. Yeah, I'm, I feel bad because I wasn't in there Sunday night. I was too busy watching the NFL cussing my portfolio. <laughs> Right, I'll tell on, you, you what, first. though, really interesting, guy, really interesting out there. I know a few people, and I'm not just saying it, that have lined up money for this weekend. I've had a phone call with my Swiss offshore bank. And <laughs> if if things drop again on Sunday, I'll, I'll tell Swiss you what, I won't be taking this line down. So already, you know, this is what I mean. Even if things don't change on FI, you know, the bottom can't be too far away. No. I mean, I, I, Although I, do think, I was like, yeah. what price could the highest dip, like yielders go? And then if you like, you can't be looking at Willian at 180 and Bayo at 270 and then looking at like, you know, Mbappe or Trent and, and Sancho or uh, Cherky, like, you know, like, OK, let's put Cherky. Like, we don't know. He could be the best player in the world or worst mm. player in the world in, in mm. five years time. But mm. there are enough positive sentiments behind him and. There is enough speculation behind him that he's going to be great. That people won't let him fall below a certain price when they see 31, 32-year-old players at certain prices. It just doesn't make sense. It's crazy how quickly, you know, the market feels like it's never going to turn. And it's yes. amazing that when it turns, it you know, it can turn quickly and you're like, well... With a vengeance. You just, you just, didn't, feel, just didn't, didn't see it coming, you know. It's, um, markets always feel like they're never going to turn until they do. I think there's a phrase along those lines. That's and, what um, um, Dan from Index Games... Oh, about. did he? Yeah, oh, well, I'm pleased. I'm pleased. Well, if he said it, then I'm even... <laughs> I'm extra pleased because I've had the pleasure of talking to him. But, um, yeah, some of these yields... I mean, I'm looking at some centre-backs down at the lower end and there's some of them there. There's, no, there's an international centre-back who is sub-50p and you need two gold wins over the next 10 to 12 year career and he plays in Euro, you know european competition and you're just thinking this is ridiculous as a bet so yeah there's some hugely attractive prices but the thing is as we always say trust market confidence faith they are real things yeah and i don't mean to word drop uncle richard again but i had a chat with him because you know panda Nephew Panda, I know there are some tremendous bargains in the platform, but I'm reluctant to go in because I don't know if they're going to drop again and I'm worried about a crash this weekend. <laughs> and that it's such, you know, that's a tangible effect on the market. Yeah. Sentiment, faith, trust, not knowing when to go in. So people are, are feeling for the bottom of the pool at the moment and they don't quite know where the bottom is. Mm. Mm. But anyway. Go on, you go first. Right then, I'm going to run. We'll see how many we can Got get loads. through. Got lo- this is the most questions record. I've ever seen for any podcast. I can see 160 ever. questions. Here. I'm not even so talking we'll... fixed specific. I've never seen this many questions for a podcast ever. This is the most I've never, to be honest. And I had to have in a any category. Poo. I had to have a nervous poo before we come on because I felt <laughs> such an obligation for the fans. And you made notes yeah. for the first time ever. Oh, shock! No, I did make notes. What I do, what I did was I drew out like a basic discounted cash flow model very poor for you and i demonstrated it before the podcast because i was trying to explain to you and, and some of the listeners you know i'm not too worried if the price goes up and down i can pay two percent to recycle that share every three years and i can collect dividends over his whole career if i want to and you know as long as the dividends are healthy over that amount of time um i'm happy with it so anyway but that's by the by so yeah i did make a couple of notes but... all right go on then right uh e holdaway what percentage do you blame traders and FI for the recent crash? Can't help but feel it's more the traders' lack of nerve and panicking rather than FI have done anything actually wrong. I think it's like 35, 65. Mm. What do you reckon? 35% traders. Yeah. 
I think traders have to take some accountability yeah. if they don't under if they don't want to understand the platform why they value a player they're going to panic on the first side of instability i mean look there are there are value value investors out there in in the equities world i believe where if, if a stock drops to a very low price they'll invest and they want to ride it up to a certain level and then they'll step away and then it's up to new investors to kind of try and go through the growth phase with the company there are there are a lot of a fair chunk of the community out there that wanted to ride fi on the way up but as soon as it hit any turbulence, as soon as things look challenging, they're going to step away. You know, they're not interested in the product. You know, I'm someone that wants to play this product and play this game forever. So I'm interested in, you know, I want the, the health of the product to, to be front and center of me. But a lot don't. So there's that element of it. There's also a lack of understanding. I mean, if you invest a lot of money into a, a platform, I would expect you to take the time to understand order books, what moves prices, what's happening in front of your eyes. And education prevents panic. So there has to be some portion of blame put there. Maybe 35% to touch higher, but, you know, yeah, seems mm. fair. Uh, what was yours then, percentage No, but, but, but probably 25 30%. Okay. Traders, right. a bit All lower. Right. All right. Um, uh, FI run, fat boy run. Panda, after Fabrizio Romano broke the news of Mrs. Panda's affair, oh, you find yourself in court sake. going through a painful divorce settlement. Mrs. Right. Panda is trying to get custody of your FI portfolio. Who yeah. do you want in your corner negotiating on your behalf? Mike Ashley or Mino Raiola? Um, so this is where Mrs. Panda's had the affair in the back of the Range Rover with Harry Redknapp. So... <laughs> In that point, sorry, I'd forgotten about that bit of context. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I was like, what? Why is he making it's that? So, it's, so, it's so important to bring context to these discussions. So, she's in the back of the Range Rover with Harry Redknapp. He's driving through it, arm out the window, mocking me, quite arrogant with what's happened, to be honest. And I'm angry. I want Mino Rola in there, I think. Yeah, to be a right arsehole and get the best deal and get most of my portfolio back. So Mino, please. Um, Miss MCR underscore ABC, do you expect market makers slash FI to be more active this week? Post-dividend increase and the value it created, I think it would have been prudent for market makers to initially be in place as a fail-safe on holds to stop the 30% drops and subsequent negativity we've seen. Mm. So I, I, I go back to what I said about like some players haven't actually fluctuated that much. And I think you used a really interesting analogy at one point, Panda, whether it's in a previous podcast on, on, on DMs where you said there's like on, it's like on Betfair where you have 200 football games at the same time. Not everyone can concentrate on every single game and not everyone can bet on every single game. It's impossible. On FI, we're, we're kind of in that situation now with, with, with an exchange where there's 2000 or so players and we can't all concentrate them at, at the same time. So I was looking at like, Sancho and, and Trent and uh, Neymar, their price movements, they seem to be the main main ones affected. And then there was others like in the kind of three pound territory, two pound, which comparatively from a percentage standpoint, didn't really move that no, much, no, which was really strange to me. And yeah. that's when I was like, right, okay, that is, um, that's, a, that's a surefire sign that there's not that much, that many transactions going on. Um, and then the other thing was I bought a certain player at a certain price and they went up £1.05 and I only bought 150 shares. <laughs> yeah, I know that was. I had, I had a similar situation where I bought somebody at £11.50. 200, 250 shares it might have been. It might have been. You bought someone they, at 
Oh, <laughs> my, yeah, everyone knows. And um, he jumped up to £12.20, 60, yeah. 66p. You know, there's nothing really there. Behind the prices. It's there's mental. nothing truly behind the prices, although the negativity is breeding negativity and it's creating, you know, a, a market trend, I guess you'd call it. But, yeah, I agree with MCR ABC with what he said, and I think that's mm. what we touched upon earlier. I did think – I think I wrote that to you this week, Fig, yeah. around – you know, if you've got Betfair, 700 football matches all operating simultaneously. You've got one football match that's nil-nil, a turgid affair. The other one's three all, electric, huge trading opportunities. You know, when no one knows how to value a better player, they're going to grow restless, impatient on their hold. They're going to chase the rise. They're going to move over to the exciting game. And as they exit the nil-nil, people are going to panic and they're going to set off this kind of mini wave of panic um, because there isn't quite enough money to go around at the moment. Although I did think there would be more liquidity at this stage from yeah. the market makers. And that's why they breached that to us. But yeah. the thing is, as well, and the market you know, making has to be 24 seven. That's, the other that's thing. right. But, but the thing is more, you know, let's say we've got two football matches on Betfair or two tennis matches. I'm not going to exit a trade on tennis match a, at a really, really awful price to jump into tennis match B where I won't make that back. Yeah. And more, it's too much of a risk, but I don't think anyone's thinking about, how much they're leaving behind, what the price is of their bet. You know, that's clear as day. Yeah. But, yeah. Got a question here from Pads Bets, who, oh. you know, who cheek of him doesn't follow me. I don't know if he's a mate of yours, Panda, but doesn't follow me. Mm. Um, and he says in his bio, semi-retired cycling tipster, which is pretty, uh, pretty neat. Wow. Football Index, wow. Leeds United. Fair play. Nice little mix there. I've been busy. So, uh, I've been so busy with work, I missed the window for questions. For next week... What's better value? Romano's Patreon at four twenty dollars per month or the athletic subscription, two pound ninety nine. You've you've gone cold on Romano recently, haven't you? I've lost You think he's lost his head. I've lost the plot on all of these journalists. I've got a dossier here in front of me of David Ornstein mistakes he's made since he left the BBC. Um, with horrific insight into transfer fees. He's getting buyout clauses wrong by sixty percent. He's in the mud. I'm also very disappointed with Fabrizio Romano and some of his errors that he's making on Regulon. Oh, no, I've got it back into this Spanish, Spanish pronunciation. <laughs> Shit, I'm going to get picked up on that by our friend <laughs> in the community. Uh, but, yeah, he got, he's got that wrong. He, he's got many. He's got a few things wrong this summer. So I've lost faith. Demarcio got loads wrong last oh, summer. Oh, that's terrible. So to be he honest, was in the mud last summer, I wouldn't be paying for this Romano Patreon anymore. And I hate to say it. You know, so. you've got you guys like so. Christian Falk and Romano not aware that Sancho had a 2023 buyout clause. And they're like, it would have been great to know. Well, you know, fucking well you've you got Christian, tell- Christian Falk today talking about Haaland's potential buyout clause next summer. And it might not be even until 2022. Yeah, exactly. Well, Jan Agafjortoft was, was flirting the idea of 2021. I've heard for a fact Honigstein say it's 2022. So Who they knows, don't man? know really what they're talking about. So to be honest, I'd get the athletic um, subscription, please. Mm. Mm. Me too. Me too. Right. For no reason. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. A Saint, Reverse Circus. Whilst I agree they shouldn't be wading in every five minutes with updates, these are hardly normal times and the silence since Monday is deafening. The community are trying to shore this up. FI needs to either explain why it's gone wrong or how they will fix it and why it's all okay. Hmm. I mean, I'm going to add another question into that mix from FibbleInXSOTD who said it's pretty obvious players should be flying now given the returns the current pricing mechanic is not fit for purpose do you see a change in this so i want to ask you panda like between now and next week for when we record our next show which seems to be a lifetime in in the index world because three weeks ago we had double dividends 
uh, a week ago we had sale orders, or was it six days ago? Um, mm-hmm. is, is it even that five, six days ago? Um, I can't. Yeah, it's it's a long time in Index World. Do you yes. think there'll be any more tweaks to this, or do you think FI are very bullish in this format, Look. just with more liquidity? <sighs> but it, but as we discussed, even just more liquidity doesn't really solve kind of what we're seeing. It's 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 really interesting, and it's it's clearly hard to know the answer. I mean, look, all the books are just really a vehicle for us to to exchange bets. Um, but I just don't think the product is mature enough yet and deep enough for us just to click our fingers and go from the old model to the new one. I think it had to be phased better. So although there are there are artificial mechanical tweaks, I think that would psychologically shore up people's minds mm. and confidence breeds confidence. And we've seen how quickly things can go up on football index. We've seen how quickly things can go down. So in my gut, I do expect some changes to the system um, along with liquidity and some education packs. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, Dr. Melefi here, football genioso. After two years of trading, I feel nothing on this. Very little emotion, and I put in another 500. So my question, what's the difference between mad and genius? And is Elon Musk mad or genius? The battery has been around a long time with slow improvements and still extremely heavy. Uh, what was the question? My question, what's the difference between mad and genius? And genius? I guess the question is more, do you think buying people buying those dips are, are smart, or do you think they're stupid? I think they're smart. Okay. You know, uh, t- to me, what's the, I've Googled it here. What's the difference between a madman and a genius? A genius uses his madness constructively, whereas a madman will use his genius destructively. Mm. Intention being the defining factor. That is wonderful, you know. I yeah. might get a tattoo of that on my lips. <laughs> <You're> re- <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> on your ribs. That no, isn't the most like... I not only not only feminine, but like a uh, painful place to go. <laughs> There's oh. no resistance, so it's high pain. It cleanses me of my losses this week. And, you know, it looks really pretty. So maybe Dunwell likes it. <laughs> um, FI, FI Gardener anymore. here. Has your confidence yeah. in Football Index waned slightly after the past week? <laughs> sorry, sorry. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> really delicate, dainty quote on my ribs. <laughs> Okay. Right. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> well, am I asking a question? Okay. We've got yeah. a. Uh, wait. Actually, I just asked one from FI Gardener. Has your confidence in Football Index waned slightly after this past week? Not for me. Not for me, my friend. Uh, but I understand if it has for others. And I'll, like I say, full sympathy for those who sold off on Sunday in panic. Full sympathy for those who have seen profits wiped out this week and think, God, they're all gone now. To me, no. But. Um, yeah, it, it hasn't to me is the question, is mm. the answer for me. Is I, it for you, Fig? Uh, no, not no. at all. I mean, look, it was only two weeks ago we saw FI blitzing Betfair exchange in terms of the messy transfer saga. The potential here conceptually is off the charts, but we do need competent management to get us there. No doubt about that. Mm. Um, um, oh, go on. Michael Bainbridge here, um, 84, so that makes him... What, 36, 37? Yeah. 
Do you, I don't know why that's relevant. Well, I don't do you know why think potential? Sorry to lose it here. Yeah, you do are. you think potential new and big investors will be put off by the scale of volatility seen on Black Sunday? Will they delay their investment until they see additional changes to the platform, or will they press ahead as there are bigger ROIs to now be achieved? Uh, Good question. I think FI will see big traders um, come into the space over the next twenty-four months. Uh, just because the yields are so good. And the but has has so Black Sunday put them off? Um, it depends who they are, right? Yes, and what um, and their risk appetite and their trading style and philosophy. I've seen. Um, oh, who's the the cricket cricket trading chap? Mark Iverson. Mark Iverson. It's so funny. I talk about Mark on this show like he's like some long lost friend. I mean, the guy doesn't even know me. It's just, I do feel a bit sheepish. I mean, look, we've had some discussion. And I used to read his blogs a lot, so I feel like he's a friend of the family. But it's it's quite bizarre. We we'll keep referencing it. It is but bizarre. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, the, yeah, Mark. Um, so like, I've seen some of his commentary and it's like, this yeah, looks really interesting, but waiting yeah. until a few things get yes, sussed yes. out, which I think yep. is the kind of generalistic viewpoint from a lot of these kind of guys yes. who are in investment banking or they're FX traders, they're professional yep. gamblers, yep. they're Betfair I, traders. Yeah. I, I think that's the overall consensus that I felt. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But I do think that the intrigue is now there enough that when the switch is flicked they do start dabbling i think you summed that up really well um it's important for me as well to realize that look this is a still a fairly new product and concept and the rewards are huge but the rewards need to be huge because the risk factors the risk of new order books the risk of media changes you know we're still going through changes as we get to a mature platform so therefore the rewards that are very healthy, you know, keep me entertained. I probably wouldn't be doing this for 5% a year. Mm. But anyway, yeah. Um, so Michael, I think it depends on the investor or trader. I mean, the, the guy I was with on Saturday, it personally put him off a little bit. Mm. So he's probably now pushed back his decision and it was a large sum of money. That's been pushed back probably a month. Yeah. So, um, yeah, over to you. Uh, well, from the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash football index. Please, live. people, join this. Uh, please. <laughs> Hit that follow button. Hit uh, the follow button on Facebook and I'll come in and talk to you. <laughs> Wayne Cor... Oh, my... Called Nick Chi. I hope right. I've not butchered your second name, mate. Are you expecting another Sunday sell-off? <laughs> oh, really difficult. I mean, every sell-off we have... If the floor keeps being lifted, confidence actually is enhanced and people... Or you know, if, if the floor keeps... is kind of similar. Yes, yes. They keep I, thought, thinking, I think we well, saw that's some a resistance quite interesting, point. We saw some quite interesting trading activity on Sancho, didn't we, where he dropped down to 11.45 and then went straight back yeah. up. Um, mm. And mm. I'm wondering if slowly traders are like, well, next time he drops, I'm going to buy some. Cause I'm well, spot or, on. on I, players, you know what I mean? We know, we know a couple of people that have said they've got big cash balances waiting for Sunday and I'm trying to sort something out. So we know that there could be better preparation for the Sunday sell-off. Yeah. And it'll be very interesting if it happens, how people react. I mean, it's very open to manipulation and spoofing at the moment. Yeah. The spoofing and, is, is, is really concerning. Um, because you know, on, on, yeah. on big exchanges, you need a lot of money to spoof. Yeah, markets, you do. And here, Look, I'm not going to say if, if I need to like, rival companies, some disgruntled traders, people looking to recycle their shares cheap. You know, we d- we need to have our eyes open. And that's what I mean about education and not necessarily falling for it. I mean, look, in a really efficient market, not really, in a fairly efficient market, 
some of these prices should be being absolutely gobbled up, in my opinion, yeah. at these prices. You know, you wouldn't even see them. They'd just be auto-matched. And in some ways, I thought maybe you would have auto-match on, mm. on, with market makers on some of them because they're ludicrous. They got ludicrously low at the weekend. Yeah. Um, like I say, it's only two weeks ago, Messi was flying to £8 and millions <laughs> coming on him. But, and Sancho so, was getting sold at that price. Exactly. Yeah. So look, we're in a downturn. It won't last. Um, FI, is it me? Yeah. Yeah, FI Bav, in the current market, how do you personally judge? Oh, I'll use one of my favourite quotes, uh, trademark, to be catching a falling knife and being greedy when others are fearful. This is a really good point, right? Because I've read most trading books there are and Betfair books, gambling books. And I can honestly say nothing has taught me more. Like, people always DM me, what books would you read? What online courses would you do? Nothing has taught me more than trial and error. And recording bets and sitting down at the end of each month, looking back what bets I made, analysing them. That was good for this reason. That was bad for this reason. That strategy is working well, so I'm going to put more time and energy into that. And tr- like you know, learning myself on the job. And so a lot of these books and these quotes, funny enough, you can kind of, like they contradict each other at different times. And, it, and it's really hard to pin one down. I mean, catching a falling knife to me. That really represents something that is going to keep dropping, keep dropping, keep dropping and never going to bounce back. Only one person can get the bottom here, Bab. And so mm. I wouldn't beat yourself too much up about it. If you get Mbappe at nine, he drops to eight and then comes back up to nine. It's very hard. No one really can time the bottom. Yeah. And because so, it's so thin as well. Yeah. So um, I think you've got to, you've got to jot down what you're comfortable with. You know, meant, you know, you got to think of a lot of factors. What price you think makes sense to you? What's a real bargain? And pull the trigger if it gets there, and don't look back. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, got a yeah. question here from our friend Chris Harris, who ah. says, "Question for both of you: How much are you enjoying FI's comms during a testing first week of order books?" Hmm. <laughs> cheeky question. A cheeky, is that passive aggressive? No, it's not, is it? It's is not. It it's, it's just a bit um, sarcastic. I don't like passive aggressiveness. Sarcastic. You know it's just sarcasm. It, yeah, sorry. It's sarcasm, yeah. I don't like passive aggressive people. There was someone on your show a little while ago that was very passive aggressive and I turned it off halfway through. Who was and it? And he's like, look, I'm not, I'm not going to comment on this because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm better than that and I'm just going to take the high road. Who you was know? it? Had to get that last word in. Oh, God, I'd be slaughtered if I released it. But, um, yeah, I don't like passive aggressiveness. But anyway... Um, what was the question? <laughs> oh, Chris, oh, Chris is being sarcastic and, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say to it, really, you know? Not there enough. Been any. <laughs> not enough, pretty much. Yeah, uh, not enough, is, Chris. Is, is I mean, two word to be, that, Chris. But, but look, I wouldn't want them to rush it. They're investigating Sunday. It took them four months to launch the sell side, so it might be a while what, before What I quite get... liked, even though it was late and, and really, really reeked of uh, under-preparation, yeah. What they did well was like, if this happens again, we can send spend the market. And they they also said a couple of things about like the things that they're thinking of, and they won't rule out like uh, unlisting offers, for example, or something like that. Yeah, and that for me was um, quite a progressive set of uh, comms, which I'd never seen from a fight. Was like, this is the issue at hand that happened. We're sorry it happened. The market is now stable. If it happens again, yeah. this is what we could do. And if it's a longer term downturn, we have not ruled out X and Y, which I think before with FI, we've definitely seen kind of reactive comms pieces about the problem. Apology. We're going to fix it. We're looking into it. And this is what we're, or this is 
the situation um whereas i, I think this had a, a different tone to it and it's kind of i think the comms officer to, yeah. you know making their money's worth yeah okay um we may need to speed up here oh go on although i've got time but we've got so many and i feel bad oh. i might have to do a separate show for this <laughs> right uh, this is pb man approved show pony okay this is panda sick arms in last week's meme my dear <laughs> obviously they have a fairly urban urban brothers. Um, I know a lot of traders would have been affected poorly by this week's events. Panda, what do you do to take your mind away from the index? I've been reading war journals on my hammock. So that's, you know, I change between science, military history, uh, <laughs> the arts. You know, I like to, not jack of all trades, but... Um, a master you know, of all spread. trades. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be very hard for me on Mastermind to pick a subject. Um, but... No, like so, no. I just, I just fall into these really weird patterns of like spending a week learning about different things. So did I tell you last week I was reading about life on a submarine? I bored you. Up, didn't <laughs> no, I? no, you didn't. Oh, well, I'll save that for next week. People don't want to hear about this now. But um, he said anyway. So that's what I do. And then he says, and to you, Fig, how do you deal with people sort of spreading misinformation or copying your ideas? <laughs> oh, um. <laughs> uh i don't know uh the misinformation piece is actually uh, you know pr- pretty pretty frustrating one because i think i saw i can't stomach it uh, yeah i mean like I-, I i kept telling you on sunday nights like it's bad for you on twitter but imagine like four different platforms i honestly feel so bad for you <laughs> so imagine twitter the you know uh the discord um facebook youtube yeah, comments it's, and it's then too like, much on a young man's shoulders <laughs> Look, pressure makes diamonds, all right, Panda? Now, I've told you that. <laughs> For, in your instance, it could make burst water pipes. It could, it could. Weight yeah. of the world on my shoulders. But no, in all seriousness, like yeah. some of the comments I was seeing, I was like, I don't know where this person has got this idea from. And this was, you know, simply in YouTube comments or like on Twitter, people DMing me. And I was like, I don't really understand where that the concept has come from about X or Y. And I was just like very bluntly being like no that's just completely incorrect i don't know where that where you've heard that but this is kind of how it works and this is why that doesn't work and it is frustrating because i think like as um as a community we need to we need to spread uh you know consciously spread um good explanations of things things that are simple to digest and information Mm. that is going to help traders rather than kind of i think i saw um you know, uh, Lee B put out a, an interesting analogy about house prices to try and get un- people to understand what's going on. And look, like not everything everyone posts on Twitter is going to be 99% correct, but you should see the value of something that is trying to explain a situation that might be alien to a lot of people, if it's com- whether it's complex or simple. And I think they saw a lot of like, oh, well, actually, you know, I'm not sure about that. Where it's like, well, if a lot of people in the comments are saying, hey, Lee, that's actually helped me out. Or um, in, in one of my videos, you know, hey, Fig, mm. thanks so much. Mm. That's really, mm. that's like, honestly, I saw people in my comments being like, that's completely reassured me of like what's happened because I had well, no idea. Uh, yeah, and Uncle Richard was very complimentary about Monday Night Show. He said he yeah. really enjoyed it. And he said fears did need a laying at that point. And yeah. I'll tell you another thing. He said to me, um, he's delete. He's not looking at the app. He's not logged in for two days. Yeah. And that football index, you know, 
they don't want that. They don't want disengagement. They don't want people not trading, not enjoying the product. Uh, they haven't brought it this far just to run away from it. So that's how you know things aren't fundamentally quite right yeah. with the launch when we've got such terrific dividends and yields, but the market's in a downturn. And, you know, I use him as a barometer, but, you know, yeah, no, so you're right about helpful information. Mm. Um, as, as to his other question, I mean, we can't all be pioneers, can we? Uh, well, I'm the pioneer. I thought you were the mogul. Uh I mean, look, you know, there's some groundbreaking <laughs> stuff that we've done as a tandem, right? There the is, hot mic, ta- yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, mate, yeah, that, that that's, that's pioneered work. And I've got a, yeah. I've got a stunning idea for our 50th Have episode. You? I've told you about it. Our 50th one? Yeah. Well, if we make it that far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's It's true. only 17 right. weeks away, isn't it? We've got 17 weeks but to That is, that people. is, you know, it's, uh, I, I've seen a few hashtags floated around about mogul magic and it's, it's nothing other than that, what I'm planning for this 50th episode. Hmm, the mogul magic. Okay. Um, right. Let's get cracking again. That's you. Is you. Is it me? Um, it's you. Whoa, we got a... <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading through some of the Discord questions. Some of them aren't, aren't askable. I don't, I don't even look at those because <laughs> some of them are so cheeky to me. That, you know. um, index owl. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. That's just not the way you speak English. Hopefully not too late. Based on the instant sell prices pre-offers, I think it's... Obvious traders would pay much higher prices for players. We simply don't need to at present. Do you think FI, if FI narrowed the bid zone significantly and prevented the bottom of the bid zone from changing so easily, it would help drive up prices and encourage market buys? This feels like an obvious short-term solution to me to prevent panic. I think we spoke about that, didn't we? Tightening it slightly, but also not moving it down unless there was a certain percentage of offers in the lower 10% or quartile of the zone itself. Um, I, I, I don't know necessarily how much just tightening it up in itself is going to help. I also don't subscribe to the theory that allowing sale orders to go in 50, 60 P above the, uh, the, you know, the, the buyer price. I don't think that's helpful at all because we don't even see that come through without any market depth or transparency. It just kind of sits there in a vacuum. So I just think this is a, this is a, a combination of factors and, and solutions that are needed. Your turn. Um, Logan Roy, the crowd are waiting here. Figures being beaten up. <laughs> oh, God. Figures being beaten up in the ring by a group of heels. Panda's entrance music plays. The crowd go wild. But what is your entrance music? Wow. Um, what is my entrance music? Probably in that instance, if I see the mogul being attacked by a group of heels, probably the ultimate warriors. And I'll probably put the tassels around my arms to, you know, um, elaborate my biceps and put my war paint on and obviously run down to the ring to rescue him as a face. So, yeah, probably the ultimate warriors, Logan. Mm. uh benny do you think that the tweets needed to solve the current drops are purely technical or is it financial stimulus look i think we've covered that so we won't go yeah, that again covered that um over to you cover that with with sublime sublime answers i think as well um uh just <laughs> sorry, like, i'm just reading i'm just reading what, the what? ones that are just just like i can't answer that i'm sorry mate um all right let's have a look here there's so many from so uh, i've got one from facebook again uh joe stoker who's becoming a facebook page favorite what one or two bargains have you both bought this week did you what, get one involved or two on bargains? sunday night uh yeah well no i said i shot my load too early. early yeah I, I went too early on a couple of players um 
So not really, but I've got my eye on a couple of incredible centre-backs that operate in Italy that just look so cheap. And uh, a couple of elite youth players that are around the £2 mark. And I'm thinking, 12, 14-year career. I know I'm being over the top there, but look, that's the maximum they could play. I need six six gold star wins to break even in a 10, 12 year career. And I rate them that highly and they're getting first team football, you know, um, at this age. So yeah, to be honest, bargains all over, which is cliched, but so they're the two areas, but I think center backs in particular look very cheap at the moment. Mm. Um, El, El Jefe <laughs> in, in Spanish. I don't think he's Spanish though, but um, he says, did FI model predict the impact the switch would have blah, 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 blah. Similar downturns happened after bids. Do you think they need to improve their understanding of training behavior? Look, we've answered that. And I think we both said yes, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. So I'll move on to another question if you want. I've got FI Headhunter here. What are your top yep. three reasons we should all be optimistic about the future of FI? I guess I would break down the concept of it into how you can go about your trading. So what, what this product and platform enables you to do, there mm. is nowhere... I can bet on career arcs, which you know I obsess over. There's nowhere I can bet on transfers with huge stakes. There's nowhere I can use my knowledge of a ruptured Achilles recovery and the impact of that versus a ruptured ACL. You know, there's lots of, there's there's so many depths, layers, strategies, techniques that you can kind of go to work on this market with. Um, And football's, you know, the most popular sport in the world. I was racking my brains a lot and I don't really think it works with many other sports, but that's for another show. So, yeah, conceptually is my is my main answer. Who wins more t- uh, dividends? This is from Tommy Staggs, who's the um, uh, he's the Palace he's the P- P- Palace Saint Germain chairman. He's actually been tapping me up for some some shirts. Yeah, he's been tapping actually, me up as well. I'm, I may offer a large fee to get Panda taking him on that middle. To be honest, I'm not I'm not entirely comfortable with Fig being on the middle of the shirt. <laughs> oh, it's going to be like a sponsorship <laughs> war. Uh, who wins more dividends this season? Bale at Spurs or Thiago at Liverpool? Oh, Gareth Bale at Spurs, yeah, I think, agreed. comprehensively. If he's not playing. Because I think, um, I don't envisage, Thiago is really interesting. I'm a big Trent holder. We've got to be aware of Thiago and his set-piece responsibilities. Does he start to take any? But I think you could see him feed the ball a lot quicker to Trent and it could actually elevate his game. And also takes a little bit of pressure off Trent from that right-back position. And you could have like the Thiago Kimmich type kind of combination. So very interesting transfer. Gareth Bale, to me, is a media star. And although you may struggle with PB under the Simeone-style coach, that is Jose Mourinho, <laughs> his media off the charts. And I think one media win a week, £2.50, you know, yeah. could be comfortable. Um, what about you, Fig? Tiago? Oh, you said Bale I as well. Bale, this Bale. is Mike Wardle to you here. Hi, guys. After spending the last few months building positions on players using ME, the dividends have doubled. The potential for market growth increased. Is it a case of sitting tight and patience being rewarded or adapting to the game as it is right now? I think it's with the dividends on offer, it's... For me, sit and wait anyway. I can see why yeah. people want to try trade before, between in the spreads. Um, yep, I've yep. been putting some bits on players that I won't hold for a yep. long time, but with a yep. very small potential uh, percentage of my yep. portfolio and money that I've deposited. Um, I personally just see the dividends being so big. And I think there was a really good tweet about using Sancho again. He's used an example so much because he's the most expensive asset. It's only because he's just like the first, yeah, top of the index. Yeah. So just name drop. And, and someone just looked at like what, percentage yields he'd need from one media win or one pb win or one team at team of the month and it's crazy on the most expensive one i think you did you did it to me right the other day if you are a player that is two pound 80 or under you're looking at 10 pb wins in a career as you mentioned you weren't yeah i just said there's a player at two pound 10 i've got my own it might be lower might be higher i can't give the exact price but 
you know, yeah, you're looking at what 28p gold star. That's not my four, six, eight to break in their whole career. Bit of profit in their whole career. So it's mad. And if if a it's player's nineteen, like yeah, I mean, I see people saying long term trading's dead, and that's just complete nonsense to me. Yeah, agree. Now look, reading the market as I do, I get th- there is a temptation for me to sell some shares and look to buy them back lower and play this market downturn. But I'm very cagey of something we've said from episode one around trading announcements. And to me, it's not going to take a lot for things to spring back. And I wouldn't want to get caught short and sell. And then things bounce back very quickly. And I've then got to buy back at more expensive price. So personally, what if you're asleep when they go back up? Well, exactly. I mean, at least the stock market has open and closing hours. This is 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, Dazzlers for you at F- Dazzlers FI. It's Monday morning at FI Towers. Time for the weekly trade meeting to review last week's business performance. What are the key KPIs they look at? How high low a player is on that list? I mean, the, the, this question is meant generally, not just after Black Sunday. Um, do you know what, what KPIs and key performance indicators would they look at, do you think? I think they'd look at trading volume. Trading volume seems an obvious one, think which co- generates commission for them. Commissions versus dividends paid out. I think they'd look at a subsection of trading volume and look at new shares that have been, new bets that have been placed or new shares that have been minted, which would then increase dividend liability that would have to sit on their balance sheet. Deposits versus withdrawals. Deposits versus withdrawals, yeah. I think on a more granular level, they'd look at where the deposits are coming from. So they might see that in one month or one week, 90% of the deposits are coming from traders yeah. that have been there six months or longer. But I think yeah. they probably look at like if where those deposits are coming from as well. Because yeah, that would like, be... Go on, sorry. That would be in the monthly MI packs yeah. or quarterly packs, I think. Yeah, probably. As opposed to the weekly ones. But they would be doing that as well. That's a good point. Um Question here from F.I. Carpenter. How often does the trader panel meet and could it co- be called to arms in a crisis situation like Cobra <laughs> or the Avengers? This is the question that I was alleading to earlier. I think this is the, yeah. best, the best of the day, F.I. Carpenter. Do you want to answer that? Um, well, I mean, first and foremost, it's not the same trader panel every time. And I've only been on one and you've been on a different one. So I think there's this yeah, conspiracy we been that the F.I. One. have got this like Cobra trade a panel that they turn to if they need if they need some help on something um to gauge market sentiment and the way traders are thinking uh look like is it is it a possibility that if i should maybe look at doing a trader panel um if even if it's in retrospect of this after the the, the market upturns yeah they could do a trader panel they i could. didn't hear what you said to the <laughs> yeah, they could no sorry i was looking at a question here that's got 13 likes, Go I was going to answer. No, but they could do. I used to I used to do a bit of audit back in the day, as you know. I was a city slicker. A little and, bit of audit, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and actually I had a question a few weeks ago from FPL Audit around what skills did that give you? And probably, you know, audit's a very retrospective, backwards-looking profession. And, um, you, you know, you're trying to make sure yeah. financial statements are true and fair and free of material misstatement. That's a technical lingo for it. And anyway, I was working with the British Transport Police, which is a very interesting model of how they rev- rev- generate revenue. But I caused a bit of a problem because I I found quite a large issue in terms of some fraudulent activity. Are you allowed to say this? <laughs> uh, yes, because it, it wasn't wasn't technically correct and so long story short there was this almost emergency cobra meeting caused by me but i just 
it was in a hidden sheet and as a long story short oh. i kind of created this emergency meeting is that why you became um, fresh gambler because you were shit auditor <laughs> yeah because i was a terrible auditor but uh anyway but yeah, the COVID, just the police me. are frauds <laughs> they're fraudulent yeah I, d- I don't even know if it was fraud or whether it was like you know a, a liability was understated or there was some big issue i created this was a long time ago now and all of a sudden had to rally for this emergency meeting because they're like well how are we going to sign off these accounts and all it was was i actually just unhired an excel sheet <laughs> Anyway, uh, is there a chance that long-term trading, this is from FBI friend, uh, FBI trader, who I thought had stepped away, but yeah, here he is. I saw that is there a chance that long-term confidence in FI and the trading mechanics has been irrevocably damaged after the last few weeks, especially for new users who perhaps joined before the dip? I feel like we get this question like every time there's a downturn in yeah, FI. It, look, yeah, and this isn't the sound arrogant brush things under the carpet absolutely not like you brush those those accounts under the carpet no don't tell no 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 there's these horrible rumors out there that i was known as the human broom because i used to sweep a lot of uh, issues under the carpet and walk away that that isn't me and uh, i've been out of the game long enough now that you can't come and arrest me anyway but you know it'd be a worry wouldn't it imagine if you saw panda on the front of the pages you know like for like some accounting mysterious (laughs) mysterious uh you know niche betting platform (laughs) podcaster sporting panda is uh is you know know, accused of covering up millions of uh you know yeah unrecorded liabilities at client x but um so no I'm not brushing that question under the carpet, and nor are you, but I think we've both been on the platform long enough now that it is a little bit rocky, and we see this a lot. Yeah. This, this type of question. Yeah, we do. And it's fair to ask it. Do I think this is the straw that's broke the camel's back? No. Yeah, agree. For, for some, of course it is. Yeah, but absolutely. Like, you know, uh, absolutely. And, and you can't keep doing it, let's be fair. <laughs> there are going to be some people who, who never come back to a fine that I don't really blame them too much. Like if you're, and, and, and I'm not saying I don't blame them too much because they should, uh, or the FI, you know, is broken or whatever. But I'm, I'm kind of trying to think of it as if I joined two months ago and I've never used an exchange before and I see this happening, suddenly I'm like, shit the bed. You know, I'm not I'm, absolutely. Why would and, I bother? And, not, yeah, and maybe, and maybe they don't even think that ill of FI. Maybe they're just like, I don't get this, and I don't want my money at risk, which is totally fine. It's understandable. Yeah, precisely. You know, I, I yeah, no, it's a good question. Uh, Ian right. Brothers underscore B E. Uh, would you hold name. off <laughs> issuing any IPOs until the liquidity issues in the market have been addressed? <laughs> Man, I, I guess so. Yeah, I mean. I was excited about IPOs in in back end. But how of, can we have you know reserve keepers winning PB and uh, well, leads players no, not on the index? I, like, like surely you just put them up. My impression was that things were going from strength to strength. The dividend increase was a, a positive signal. Money was going to flood or flow into the platform. These would be launched with subtly different mechanics and education, and it wouldn't be quite so tumultuous on the way down. And the liquidity would continue to grow mm. and that will happen at some stage, but it hasn't happened yet. So my forecast of when IPOs were going to be launched, I would now think it may have to be slid back a month or until they address some of the fundamental things we've discussed. Mm. Uh, Duncan Maybury, do you think a positive trigger, i.e. Sancho to United, Trent taking a corner um, or a premium player returning 45p is enough to turn the market around or is this only possible? with market makers providing more liquidity. 
Mm. That's an interesting question. So Duncan's actually so, a very smart bloke, you know. Me, he and I have been exchanging I don't think DMs. he is, is he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who he is. I'm only He's, uh, he comes from a financial background. Um, right. Been speaking to him quite a lot on DMs. Because, uh, you know, that's, the, that's yeah. the odd DM I get where I'm like, wow, you know. I need to think about that. Yeah. The question yeah, is, it's not a flat earth. Yeah, I don't have all the answers. I don't have the answers. Because <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. people ask me a question. I'm like, yes. Are I in play dividends mm. only available for 30 days? Yes. Mm. Are, mm. Do I get PB if I buy after this do- uh, time? Mm. No. Mm. Blah, 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 mm. blah, blah, blah. And I just go, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they go away happy as the fig has answered their question. But Duncan here, he, he, me, he and I, you know, that we were, we were hammering brains, each, uh, hammering our, our, our brains to, uh, to kind of you know explain what had gone on and we were just kind of going back and forth about interesting quirks and interesting ideas that can go back and now i've completely forgotten the question he asked because i've just been praising him look he look he asked look let me phrase it to you simply right let's (laughs) say i need it do i need dumbing down you need it dumbed down here my friend because you're in a new environment and you're skittish you need to calm down get the get the wooden desks all down it's like your hot desk in there somewhere (laughs) that was the best comment by the way there's no parchment paper there's no mahogany i don't see any quills i don't see your collection of blanc pen yeah you know i don't see your waxed stamp letters and seal things with your family crest i see nothing of a mogul's you know writing room or desk but anyway that's besides the point he's basically saying duncan's saying here if we get okay a hypothetical situation where sancho the bid comes in and he goes to united and changes to a forward everyone cancels their sellers yes he flies up to 15 pound 20 he then starts being bought up and goes to 16 pounds is that one action enough to trigger a market upswing i would say the market of that player yes but i'm not sure if what uh i don't know maybe because like if people see oh wow he's just gone 15 pounds in like <laughs> two, two minutes shit maybe that can happen to player x player y then maybe yeah potentially Potentially. Mm. I mean, I think I, it will be, I, I think it will creep up on people more. I don't think there'll be this, unless if I do something, right? Let's just say this is the situation we're in for how many weeks or, or whatever, or if I just wait to get more liquidity and functionality on board. I genuinely think it will creep up on people. People will be like, oh, wow, you know, he's, he's crept up this much or this much. And, um, I don't know if there'll be a, you know, click your fingers, fix everything thing. Hmm. Yeah, fair question. Okay, um, last couple for me, and then I'm on bedtime duty, go sadly. On. We said we go till six. Yeah, we did. Six twenty now. Um, we haven't done many humorous questions. We may do a I've comedy a show here, next yeah. week. Um, I was saying, I want to with tell people- you some stories on. I want to tell you some stories on William Joyce. Remind me if anyone out there knows William Joyce, then get in my uh, contact. Oh, I'm also through season one of um, the Peep Show. Right, so we've got to talk about that as well next. So I, I was going to say, I was going to say, yeah. if we added, um, if we added a monthly Patreon podcast where you and I couldn't speak about FI or football, do you reckon I'd lose patrons or gain them? <laughs> I think you could have five X. <laughs> to be honest, if that was offered, if you managed to nab me. For a two-hour oh lifestyle God. and magazine show every month, oh I think you're looking five X patrons. Oh God, sorry, that really took me aback because I thought you were just going to say, "I don't know." I think you'd lose a few, but to so confidently with your chest say five X. Imagine what we could do: rib tattoos, 
urban raps, urban words, peep show, military history, wrestling chat, you know, how to win women, how to, you know, set your cutlery up at dinner table. Like, <laughs> there's no limit to what we could discuss oh, and teach God. people. Um, right. I've got three uh, questions left that I want. Okay, let's hurry then. So I've got to if go. If you've got less or more, I don't know. No, I'm just going to let you do your three now. Yeah? And I've, All right. I've, just just wrap them up. The footy index man, what five players would you like to hold if NFL had an index? Oh, um, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Odell Beckham for media, um, Jamal Adams, who looked really good as a safety for the Seahawks last week. He played in the box, looked really dynamic and exciting. And... I'm struggling on the fifth, to be honest, which is quite poor. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the games last week, how they went. But Half look, the fucking podcast thought. was about you listen, uh, watching NFL this weekend. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, sorry, I've given you four there, and I can't think about last weekend's games, because I only saw three live games last weekend. So, okay. So, I've just given you four there. Oh, Russell Wilson I go for as well. Okay. But anyway, All next right. question, please. Um, FI Chemist, describe the current state of the market using only urban slang. Oh, I can't do that on the spot. Let me just Google. <laughs> <laughs> Very urban man. For no, because you know I you am do? really urban, urban word for what shitting it or mar- market um, downturn. Urban word for market collapse. Uh, market collapse. It's a bit dramatic, no, no, they it? don't seem. They don't seem to have one. Um, no, I don't really know what one would be, to be honest here. I think you've, you've caught me out here. Yeah. I didn't think an urban question was coming this week. Next week, next week. I've got one last one from the Discord. F.I. Mustard, who's actually, I think, you won't mind me saying. In a cu- you know who Colonel Mustard is, Vic? Yeah, from, from the fucking board game. Oh, lucky. Okay. You used to play Cluedo all the time, mate, back in the day. Did you? Yeah. Hey, candlestick in the dining room with Clue, with uh, mustard. I'd, I'd do you with a candlestick, mate. And no one would know. <laughs> it's a blunt force trauma. Right, carry on. Yeah, and this is going to be another newspaper. Young mogul gets <laughs> arrested on arrested. suspicion of grievous bodily harm to his co <laughs> With candlestick. Um, yeah, F.I. Mustard, right. right? If poor liquidity yeah. is the unlock, he's actually, I think, he's, a, he's an author of gambling books. Yes, man. Mm. If mm. I, think, I may have read it and slagged him off at the start of the show when I said it didn't help me. Sorry I think that. I think you should uh, maybe have a chat with him. I'll apologise. Yeah, I will do. I if will poor do. liquidity is the underlying problem, what's the best solution? One, incentivise market makers to intervene. Two, fix the mechanics. Three, massive marketing to bring more money in. Four, patch why it up you ask, with promos why are you on the Nasdaq me? and then go after serious money. Five, none of the above. It's, we've probably answered the same question eight times. Like We both said, haven't we? It's, a, you know, it's, there are, four to five or six actions that are needed here and like keep rehashing the same things don't we really yeah yeah yeah. so all of the above i think Mm, all of the above Um, is that all we've got time for um one more question let me just oh you want one more let me scan down this (laughs) favorite movie about gambling i really like that one from um matthew mcconaughey i think it's show me the money or where's the money it's about a u.s sports gambler he plays like a real life character. That's quite good. Do you think FI thought traders would try and sell Sancho at nine pounds within three days of all the books? Certainly not. Otherwise, no I'd way. be an extremely rich rich man by now. Uh, this is FI Oscar, by the way, the Academy Award winner. And <laughs> what do you think FI can do, will do to recover the customers? Look, we've, we've spoken about that a lot. 
And oh, well, this is a good one. Index puffin. And I've, I've read a study on this, actually. So this is something in my wheelhouse. How many honey badgers would it take to down, take down a rhino? And things I've read suggest 35 to 40, which doesn't feel a lot, but they are so ferocious. That's quite so, a lot. 35 yeah. of those fuckers jumping on a rhino. Yeah. He's, he's I think it's a black rhino, he means. I mean, no, depending on the type of rhino, we would have to tweak that number up and down. <laughs> But, um, yeah, how did no one see Black Sunday coming, Fig, from Bobby Axelrod? Um, well, I mean, when absolutely no one sees something coming, then there's your answer, right? Yeah. Like, literally yeah, no one sold up. Because, like, if you saw it coming, you'd sell everyone and try and buy back. You'd right? sell everyone and buy back. Um, yeah, yeah. But because absolutely no one did that, like, you know, you can't beat yourself down after that. No, no. So, well, it's, look, it's been a pleasure. It's I been a pleasure. Some, I hope we've put some people's fears at rest although potentially not I'll tell you another thing i'm upset with right we get all these messages about responsible gambling mental health and stuff is it that responsible to see drops like this you know to mm. to, to just walk away from the market and let it crash on a sunday night i'm not sure but if i speak <laughs> that's, that's so funny the other night you're saying that <laughs> to, the guy, to the guys well that's a story for another day um, so um so i like, hope i hope everyone is feeling calmer i it's going to be a really, really interesting weekend. And let's see how the weekend pans out. If we get comms and potentially we could do something Monday or Tuesday or an emergency show. I we hope can, we don't we'll do have to do an emergency one tomorrow. I hope we don't have to, but I should be available. <laughs> what about tomorrow? What doesn't announce tomorrow, Banda? I'm happy to jump on for half an hour and mop up these questions. <laughs> <laughs> mop them up, sweep them under the rug. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, we've spoken about that. We've spoken about that. Fuck off. Okay. All right. uh, see you later thank then, yeah? you very much everyone for listening uh really appreciate <laughs> if you stuck through an hour 37 minutes uh please do oh, leave us a review God. itunes subscribe on spotify and all those kind of things um thank you very much for watching watching listening this is a podcast you haven't watched anything um yeah uh please do you know take care of yourselves football index is a gambling platform only bet what you can afford to lose and yeah just try and learn as much as you can about about said orders and doing it order books and yeah if you love this product and uh, you think it's going somewhere then you know uh, no need to panic thank you very much everyone <laughs> <laughs>